Hello, everyone, and welcome to Berkshire Baseball's Stepping Up to the Plate podcast series. I'm President and General Manager of Berkshire Baseball, Dan Clouser, and with us today we have a very distinguished and honored guest with us, uh, actually a Berkshire Baseball alumnus, um, Del Mintz. Uh, Del's currently a scout with the Philadelphia Phillies, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, college recruiting process and what it takes to be a professional prospect and all that sort of stuff. So if you have any aspirations of playing college baseball or playing at the professional level, um, this podcast series, which will actually be a four-part series that we're doing with Dell here, should uh, help help you determine exactly what it takes to reach that level. So Dell, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Um, so one of the things, Dell. Um, just to give uh, people a little bit of background, you've been a scout with the Phillies for how long now? 18 years. 18 years. Started as an associate mm-hmm. and are now, what, what's your official title? Part-time now? scout. Part-time scout. Um, and part-time means about, what, 60 hours a week with the Phillies? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> Especially in the summer. Um, what, what exactly is your coverage area for the Phillies? I help cover the greater Northeast, which is all of New England, New York State, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. So you're spending a lot of time in front of a windshield. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, before we get started, like I said, uh, Dell's actually a, a Berkshire alumni. He coached with our organization in 1992 and 93. Um, he's actually number 11 on the Berkshire coaches win list with a record of 79, 45, and 3. And Dell actually led our organization to our first ever tournament championship, the uh, Tri-County Tournament Championship up in Berwick uh, back in 1993. Um, so... Obviously, he's very familiar with our organization and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, he's been a, a guest speaker for us at our college recruiting seminar uh, the past seven or eight years, however long we've been doing that. He's been a guest speaker at our coaches clinic and just really helps our organization out um, whenever he can. So, again, just like to thank you for everything you do for, for our organization, Dell. Um, and then if we can just kind of get into uh, to what we're really here to talk about. So, I guess number one um, – you know, you got a player who, you know, really, really wants to play professional baseball, thinks, uh, you know, not a huge fan of schoolwork. Um, realistically, what are your chances of getting drafted out of high school? Well, if you, if you measure the breakdown nationwide at the end of every amateur draft, which is upcoming next week, by the way, uh, the breakdown nationally tends to be 45, 47, 48 percent high school players and 50 52, 53% college players. So it's kind of an even mix. However, in the area that I help cover, uh, it's, it's a lot different. Some years, the numbers can be as high as 75 to 80% of the players that get drafted come out of the college ranks uh, as opposed to the high school ranks. So if you're a good, terrific high school player, you have a good shot at getting drafted. But if you're kind of a middle-of-the-road guy, more than likely, if you're north of the Mason-Dixon line, you're going to need to go to college. And what, uh, what, what exactly do you attribute that to in our area as to why it's such a, a drastic change? Um, the weather, the number of games these kids are playing, or what, what do you attribute all of, that to? All of the above. Uh, now, we are starting to see some uh, arm strength in kids because there are some bigger, gigantic facilities that allow players to get on a comprehensive long toss program but they're still kind of few and far between certainly don't have the advantages of being in in good weather that's for sure in new england the season the high school season doesn't start in earnest until 
mid-April. And the games that they play uh, aren't that many. So there's fewer opportunities to see these players on, on the pro side. And if you do get an opportunity to see them, oftentimes because of budgetary uh, reasons, you can only see them one time. So if they have a bad day, uh, that's too bad. Unfortunately, we probably can't afford to come see you again. Okay. Uh, other thing uh, I want to talk about a little bit on the professional level is the, uh, the grading scale that mm-hmm. professional scouts use. Um, and the, the five tools um, that professional scouts uh, define a, a prospect by. So if you can touch a little bit on that. Sure. It varies from position to position in terms of priority, but the, but the five tools are throwing, fielding, running, hitting, and hitting with power. Okay. So um, the, uh, the 80 scale, if you can kind of talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, the 20 to 80 scale. Um, with an 80 in arm strength being somebody like Steven Strasburg or Araldus Chapman. You don't see too many 80s floating around, certainly in amateur baseball. Uh, The average uh, big league arm strength, what we consider average to be, is 40. Uh, To give you an example of a 40 arm at the big league level, you could make a case that Juan Pierre and Ben Revere are like a 35. Uh, they had below average arms. Johnny Damon had a below average arm, but they had other attributes on that major league grading s- scale that offset that. Right, hitting and speed, obviously. That's correct. <clears throat> so, uh, if you're a high school senior playing shortstop and you're throwing 82 across the diamond, realistically, where are you at? That's a 40 arm. More than likely, you're going to need to go to college. And if you cannot run very well, inevitably, you will get turned into a second base person or a left fielder. Okay. And, and I guess one of the things I want to, you know, really kind of stress here, um, you know, th- there's a lot of myths out there as to what it takes to be a professional baseball player. And I don't think, um, you know, a lot of parents, and a lot of players really grasp, you know, how good some of these guys are really are i mean you know we we had guys um as you know when you coached us uh you know mike shelton and you know rick dunham who you know at the amateur level with us were completely dominant but yet you know mike was got as high as triple a and you know rick only ever got as high as double a and you know for me that was really my first you know kind of eye-opening experience as to what it really takes when i saw how good those guys were and then realized that at the professional level they didn't quite have what it takes um so really you know to kind of put it in into perspective you know how good some of these players are at the big league level you know if you can just kind of you know define um you know what these guys are running in the 60 you know their arm strengths um you know how they're how they're hitting for power you know if you can kind of just you know, bring that into perspective for our listeners. Sure. Um, if, if, if you're – I get this a lot with regard to catchers in particular because catchers are always talking about their pop times. That is the time it takes them to get the ball to second base when they start their delivery coming out of the shoot. Um, a lot of catchers will brag about their pop times, saying they have 1.7, 1.8 pop times. Normally those pop times are – conducted in a very non-stressful environment so they're going to throw well there's no batter there generally uh, there's uh, no there's no pitcher or bad pitch they're getting a good pitch so they're allowed to cheat so they put up pretty outstanding numbers you take a guy like carlos ruiz for example 
in a game situation, he's a one nine two flat guy under pressure, under duress. So that's the standard that we kind of use there. But the big difference between the amateur catcher and the professional catcher, if Carlos Ruiz is going to throw 20 balls down to second base, 19 of them are right on the money. And you don't see that in an amateur catcher. Correct. As far as other positions go, as far as outfielders and speed, generally speaking, uh, your center fielder is your fastest guy. And certainly, you know, Ben Revere uh, is our fastest outfielder, although Dominic Brown can run very, very well. Remember, he had a four-year scholarship offer to play wide receiver for the University of Miami. Jason Wirth was arguably one of our faster players when he played with us. He was drafted as a catcher by Pat Gillick, no less. Uh, and he uh, runs a six 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 seven sixty. So speed is very important at the professional level, at the outfield level. Left field tends to be your weakest outfielder and your slowest outfielder, but your right fielder and your center fielder tend to be very athletic. First base and third base at the pro level, arm strength very important at third base and at shortstop, not so much at second base or first base. Speed not so, so important at the corners. But certainly, uh, if you're playing up the middle, outside of the catcher position and the pitcher position, if you're playing second base or short, you've got to be able to run a sub-760 for sure. Now, certainly there are exceptions, definitive exceptions. Jeff Kent ran a 7-plus-60, and there's others as well. But generally speaking, coming out of amateur baseball into professional baseball, we're looking for speed up the middle. All right. I think it's kind of interesting, one of the things that you just said, talking about outfielders, um, it's almost the polar opposite of uh, what we all learn when we first start playing baseball is that your slowest, least athletic kid is the kid you throw into right field. Yeah. Where, you know, in the professional level, it, it's the opposite. Absolutely. Um, you know, where, uh, you know, John Cruck was the left fielder. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that it's kind of ironic, you know, the way things change as you get to, you know, the different levels. Um, so that uh, that actually wraps up our first uh session here Um, like i said this is actually a four-part session um, and if you're looking to play college baseball if you're looking to play professionally uh, you definitely want to tune in to our next three podcasts with uh, with del mints here so thanks and we'll talk to you next week